0: Well, the theme of this year is courage. Last month, we talked about courage to pray different kinds of prayers. This month, we want to talk about courage to live out your destiny. Our main text, Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. When Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Ephesus, you know, the book of Ephesians, I think it's one of the richest books ever in the Bible. Not rich in a sense of money, but rich in the sense of the doctrine it carries. In the book of Ephesians, Paul, by the Holy Spirit, was bringing to the Christians in Ephesus the reality of who they are in Christ. Very often, God's children really do not know who they are in Christ. See, the day you received Christ in your life, and he came into your heart and became the Savior and the Lord of your life, things changed in your life. You were not the same person anymore. To start with, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? He's a what? Look at the new creature next to you who's not saying anything and say, I thought you were a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? Then it says what? All things have what? And all things have become Now, not only have all things passed away and all things have become new, there are certain, there are certain things that have become ours certain benefits that we have if i may say so there are certain riches according to the book of ephesians that have come our way we also have a certain position with god to start with we have a right standing with god no longer are we at enmity with god because through the blood of jesus christ the enmity between us and god was taken away now we also have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. According to Ephesians chapter 2, we are no longer walking in darkness, far away from God, far away from the knowledge of God. But now we know God, not just in, a sense of in, in in terms of sense knowledge, but in terms of knowing God, in terms of experience. We know what it is to live for God. We know what it is to live right before God. We are saved not because of our works, but by the grace of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Then in, in verse 10, Paul says... We are his workmanship. One translation says, we are the work of his hands. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In other words, when we got saved, when God changed us, he changed us to do good works. Now we know from Ephesians 2.8 that we cannot be saved by good works. Doing good works will not take us to heaven. Doing good works will not make us to have a right standing with God. However, after we have a right standing with God, after we have become God's children, there are good works that the Bible says they were ordained for us to walk in them. What does it mean? There are certain things that God wants you to achieve in your life. There are certain things that God wants you to fulfill in your life. You are here on earth as a man on assignment And as a woman on assignment, you are not here by chance. You are here by God's mission, by God's purpose. That's what God was telling Jeremiah. Before you came forth, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you or I set you apart to be a prophet unto the nations. God has set you apart for something. You may not be a prophet, you may not be a preacher. You may not be a politician, but God has set you apart for you to do and achieve certain things. Can I hear a certain amen? Amen. That is why God has wired you the way he has wired you. That is why you are the person that you are with your gifts and your talents and, and your abilities. It's because your life here on earth needs to count for something. You are God's workmanship. It's God who molded you. The psalmist says this in Psalms 139. He said, when I was made in the secret place, God, you were there. He says, you were there when you knitted me in my mother's womb, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Tell your neighbor, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey. Jesus says in the book of John 15:16, he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have chosen you to go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now we know in John 15, he's talking about the prayer fruit. But the principle of us being fruitful, productive people applies in other areas as well. You were created by God to live our destiny. We are men and women on assignment. We are men and women on a mission. We need to make our lives count on the earth. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Your role might not be one in the spotlight. You may not be one who's on the front pages of newspapers. You may never be a breaking story kind of news person or anything. But no matter how small it may seem, God has called you for that and God has set you apart for that. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Therefore, we need to live lives that are purpose-driven. We need to live lives that have a purpose in them. And so, this month, we're going to cover that, and we're going to look at different subtopics, subtitles. We're going to talk, first of all, about embracing each day as a gift from God. You, as a man, a woman of destiny, we need to learn how to embrace each day of our lives as a gift from God. Secondly, we're going to talk, as well, about born to be a blessing. You know, it's one thing to be blessed, but it's another thing to be a blessing. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And that's the highest form of living. When we live to be a blessing and not just to be blessed. Number three, we'll talk about giving the essence of living. That's what life is about. God created us to be men and women who are givers. Our lives are meant to be a seed. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then number four, we're going to talk about Living to show God's magnificence. I'm stealing uh, Professor Tulima Donzela's statement. Living to show God's magnificence. We'll be talking about using your gifts to impact the world. I can't wait for that Sunday. So today we're going to talk about embracing each day as a gift from God. Each day we have Barcelona is a gift from God. You know, it's kind of amazing how we sort of take it for granted that we are here today. You know. You know, we, it's almost like, you know, I have a right to be here today. Well, there are many people who went to bed last night, by the way, who didn't wake up this morning. There are many people who probably planned uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to do certain things today, but they never lived to see today. You see, today is a gift from God. Never take for granted that you are here today. But, you know, we, you know when, we, when we live lives, we, we sort of, yeah, just take it for granted that we can do certain things in our lives. You know, you know the fact that you can breathe, it's a gift from God. Amen. The fact that you can raise your hands, it's a gift from God. Amen. I told you in the past that a few years ago, I, I got quite ill, you know. I woke up one morning to go to the loo, and I tried to pass urine, and the urine wasn't coming out, you know. I mean, it was a shock. Nothing was coming out. I just stood there. Nothing was coming out. Hey! I tell you. And you know, when, 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 when your bladder is full and the urine is not coming out, I tell you, you've never, see, you've never felt that kind of pressure. I was perspiring and sweating, everything. It did finally come out, of course. But my goodness, for that time, it wasn't coming out. Hey! And then, it occurred to me as I was thinking about that. You know, I never even thought about how blessed I am I can go to the loo and urine just comes out without any effort. You know, it, it had never. You know, for the first time, I, you know, you you, you may not you may you know, it's not it's not it's not a, it's not a lot of money I'm talking about. It's just as small as nothing. Just go into the loo and pass in urine. And you know, since that day, it gave me a different understanding of life. The many things we do that we just take for granted. I tell you. One of our leaders, actually, a few years ago, they, they, they got admitted and they went through a major operation. And after the operation, they tell us in their own words that the doctor came to see them and the first thing the doctor asked them after the operation is, how are you? They said, I'm fine. And then the doctor asked a very silly and funny question, were you able to pass any wind today? I know church people will act like they never do that. <laughs> Look at your neighbor who's sitting next to you and say, ha, huh? ha. Don't act like you don't know what you're talking about. And this person said, I, I thought, what a funny question. What do you mean? I mean, how do you how do you ask somebody? I mean, that you never ask. I mean, that just happens. You don't ask. I mean, you know, some people are really doing well in that area. I mean, really, you don't have to ask. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> And then the person says, I was surprised to realize that I wasn't passed any wind. And it took a while because of the operation, what I'd gone through. And the doctor wanted to get a special report. Can you imagine they're going to write it in their report? Number one, wind. (laughs) They may classify whether it was it. Okay, I won't say anything more than that. But then they had to be taken in for physiotherapy to be taught how to walk. They couldn't walk. They taught them how to walk. This is someone who was walking all their lives. They taught them how to walk, yeah. And they said it was amazing how just to raise my, just raise my, just to raise my leg and just walk. How much effort it took! Oh, how much we take for granted the fact that we are healthy. Hmm? How much we never even think about it. You know, we 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 just take it for granted. You know, we can sing, we can dance, we can jump, we can go here. But my goodness, we must take today as a gift from God. Can I hear an amen? And learn that, you know, things can just turn like that. Note what James says in James chapter 4 from verse 13. He says, now listen you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. He says, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it's the Lord's will. In our learning, I I, I learned this from some ministers who, I heard them when they were talking, they said, we will go there uh, by the grace of God. And I was wondering why I say that. Then they pointed me to this verse and I realized, you know, That I'm able to do that we are here today. It's by the grace of God. Yes. That we drove all the way from wherever we came from or we walked here and you are here in one piece. That you are still saying in your mind. You are still able to raise your hands. You are still able able to say amen. Even if it's half-hearted, I will take the half-hearted amen. It's a blessing from God. Yeah. But you know, we often think, no, next week I'll do this. And the verse says, The only gift you have is today. Not tomorrow. The common Jewish Bible reads, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city. Stay there a year trading and make profit. You don't even know if you will be alive tomorrow. For all you are, all you are is a mist that appears for a little while and then disappears. Instead, you ought to say, if Adonai wants it to happen, we will live to do this. All yeah, Let me say that. i come and see you by the grace of God. Yeah. I will finish my degree by the grace of God. Yeah, I'm going to start the church next week by the grace of God. Maybe even our announcement, we must say, next week we're going to do this and at the end, go by the grace of God. It's all by the grace of God. Can I hear an amen? And so, David when he talked about this concept of a day, the value of it, the importance of it, so many things he writes about that. I'm going to read a few of those verses. But in particular, I want us to go to Psalms 118, 118. Because David was so aware of the importance of a day and how today is a gift from God. Say it with me. Today, it's a gift from God. Tell your neighbor, embrace today as a gift from God. Look at your other neighbor and say, embrace each day as as a gift from God. So Psalms 1 on 8, and I'm going to read it. It's quite a long Psalm. I'm going to read all of it if you don't mind, all right? From verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Somebody say, his love endures forever. I'm going to ask you to read the last part of every verse Particularly the next four verses Okay, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good Read Let Israel say Let Grace Bible Church say Let Smangaliso say Let Ndombizotwa say Let Tabo say Let the house of Aaron say Let those who fear the Lord say, Verse 5. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Oh, I tell you. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. Somebody say, the Lord helped me. Look at verse forty. It says, the Lord is my strength and my soul. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tent of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Verse 17, I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. Can I hear an amen in the house? Verse 20. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. What gate? The gate of giving thanks to the Lord. That's how the righteous enter into the presence of the Lord. Verse 20. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done This and is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 24, my main verse. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us do what? Let us do what? Let us do what? And be what? Are you sitting next to somebody who's rejoicing? Do they look like the athlete, the person who's sitting next to you? Read it with me. Read it with me. What does it say? It says what? Mm hmm. Read it again. What does it say? This is the day. Let us do what? No, the fact that he said, let us rejoice. He says we need to be intentional about it. We need to decide to rejoice about it. We need to decide to be glad about it. Don't live every day like you've been sucking on lemons the whole day. Don't look like you have been drinking vinegar since this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let me finish it off. O oh Lord, save us. O oh Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God and has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I'll give you thanks. You are my God. I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is what? And his love does what? So I want, I want to talk mostly about that verse 24. Let's read it again. What does it say? This is? Yes. Read it again. This is the? Let us do what? Just check your neighbor if they are rejoicing. Check them if they are glad. Or they are eating lemons or drinking vinegar. All right. Let me give you the background of Psalms 108. As you know, Psalms can be grouped in different groupings or in different sections. Not all the Psalms that we read were necessarily written by David. There are Psalms that were written by other people like Moses. And so Psalms 118, the one that we've just read from, is one of those songs or Psalms which speaks of victory. All right, This psalm was among the last section of psalms that were classified And they were called the Hallel Or the Doxology When you read from Psalms 113 to Psalms 118 All those psalms consist of these psalms that are called the Hallels These psalms mostly bring praise to God they are the Hallel Psalms, like hallelujah. That's what hallel means. Hallelujah. When we say hallelujah, we mean praise God. We are not yawning because the sermon is boring. We are not saying a church thing. We are saying praise the Lord. These Psalms as well, Psalms 113 to 118, are also called the Egyptian Hallel. These are the Psalms that the children of Israel sung when they were living in Egypt or to remember God's deliverance when he delivered them from Egypt. Remember, the night before they were going to be delivered from Egypt, they had to have and celebrate what we now know as the Passover feast. God had given strict instructions to the children of Israel for every home and every house to slaughter a lamb. If you couldn't have a lamb, of course you could slaughter something else. And they were to take off the blood of that lamb, put it on the doorpost, of their houses. And God said as they ate of that lamb, okay, they had to eat that with unleavened bread. I won't go into all the details. And they had to, to, to have their stuff in their hands. They had to tie themselves with their belts as a sign of people who are ready to go. On your marks. Get set. Yeah, so on your marks. Get set. Are you ready for what? For the promised land. And so they would do that as an act of faith, ready to be taken out, to be delivered out of the land of bondage. And so after they had been delivered, now when they are in their land of promise, every year they would celebrate what we call the Feast of Passover. And they would sing these psalms. They would recite these psalms. These psalms were chanted at these occasions. They were also sung. Not only were they sung during Passover, they would sing them during the Pentecost celebration, during the Feast of Tabernacles celebration, during the Feast of Dedication. And when they sang the Psalms, they recited them with great joy. You know, this is the attitude that we must have when we come to church. You know, we must come to church with a heart that's filled with joy. You know, we mustn't make the music group struggle when they're trying to lead us in song. We should sing readily. We should raise our hands readily. We should raise our voices readily. We should come up and dance in front readily. There's nothing wrong with that. God doesn't have any problems with us making some noise in his presence. Can I hear an amen? So the children of Israel would chant this with great joy. These psalms also were called as well the doxology, as I mentioned before. A doxology is simply a short hymn of praise to God, which you find in various forms of Christian worship. Often this doxology would be added at the end of the Psalms. And so this is kind of the broad background of uh, uh, Psalms 113 to Psalms 118. Now, let's get into Psalms 118. Why is it so significant for us as men and women of destiny who are embracing each day as a gift from God? Well, David understood this concept. First of all, in Psalms 118, he starts first of all by giving thanks to God. He talks about the goodness of God. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. So David stands first of all by giving praise to God. As David wrote this psalm, he understood that even if the world is against him, God is on his side. And so he starts by giving thanks to God. You know, we live in such a negative world that I think sometimes it takes a lot of effort to give thanks to the Lord. But David says, I'll give thanks to the Lord in verse 6, for the Lord is on my side. And because the Lord is on my side, I will not fear And so David says, I have a reason to be grateful. I have a reason to live this day as somebody whose heart is filled with praise. And then he says, because the Lord is on my side, it's going to affect my attitude of how I approach each day. Just the knowledge that God is on my side affects how I handle every day. When I wake up in the morning and I remember the Lord is on my side, then the following things will happen each day. Number one, I will approach each day with confidence. See, when you and I wake up in the morning, we must approach each day with confidence. All the problems of that day, all the issues of that day, all those challenges of that day, the Lord is on your side. Everything that will come your way, the Lord is on your side. You know, sometimes we have a a tendency to think that if certain things were to happen to us, that would be the end of us. How many of you have ever thought about, you know, you know, you know, and, and I've been, I've been, uh, you know, as a pastor, you know, we, we get to know different families and many of you would know that usually in families, there are those people who are the, who play the anchor role. I mean, they are, they are the, the ones that anchor the whole family, the, 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 the pillar of that family. They, they support the family. Anything that happens, they are there. You know, and everybody is dependent on them. And, you know, sometimes you often wonder, I wonder what was going to happen to that family if so-and-so passes. And then, yes, so-and-so passes. And when they pass, you're thinking, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to you. And to your shock and surprise, somebody who was there all along, all of a sudden, rose up and filled the space of so-and-so. Somehow God knows how to sort things out and work things out. I remember in our family, you know, these uh, family members of ours, they lost both parents in a short space of time. Their mom, she passed on, on her way to work. I mean, she woke up to go to work, and then all of a sudden in the Texas she wasn't well, and then she was taken to hospital. When she got to the hospital, she was already dead. Just like that. Here's somebody who didn't complain of anything, from nowhere, gone. In a short space of time, both parents. And we thought, sure, what are they gonna do? But you know, you know, I'm saying the Lord is on your side. And David says, I'll approach each day with confidence because the Lord is on my side. And he says, I will approach each day with courage. He says, I will not fear what men can do to me. When you wake up in the morning, face each day with courage, don't be afraid of what men can do to you. No matter what man can do to you, God is always bigger than mankind. Yeah, Even if man can leave you torn, man can leave you broken hearted, the Lord is on your side. Thirdly he says, I will face each day with contentment. That's the verse that we're reading. He says this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll talk about that later. But what David is saying is, I'm not going to go it, into each day with a sense of feeling like there's something that is incomplete in my life. Whatever, wherever I am, whatever I have, I will be content with it. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't have a dream for more. It doesn't mean I'm not pushing for more. But what it means is, I have to learn to have a spirit of being contented. You know, sometimes we, we complain so much in life. We're always looking at the grass that is greener on the other side, you know. And, and there's people who are always, there complaining. They're not happy with this. You give them food, the salt is too much. The food is too hot. You, you, you gave them food very late, you know, and, and they're just not happy. Not happy. I was talking about it in the first service that if we're not careful in our marriages, we can be like that. You get your point where you're not very content and not happy with your partner, you know. They're are, there are always this, they're always this, and, and we're always complaining. Instead of being grateful, even for the small nyana things they do. If you're sitting next to your partner, say, I'm grateful for the small nyana things that you do. Whatever small nyana things, tell your neighbor, you must be grateful for the small nyana things that they do for you. In our homes, you find children not being happy with their parents, you know, wishing they could have the parents from the other house. And the parents wishing their children, I wish my children could be like those children over there. I mean, we're just those kind of people. You sit in a church, you're always comparing your church with another church. Look at your neighbor and say, Trudda! Yeah. And you know, sometimes we only notice when those people are gone what we're missing. Yeah. Bishop Doug tells a story, and sorry, ladies, it's not meant to say anything against the ladies. It's not that. The story is just true. It's a true story. And it can happen either to men or women alike. So the story applies. So just listen to the principle. This lady, her husband had just passed. She was a pastor. And, uh, and she's, she's one of those people. She didn't want her husband to touch her, you know. Anytime the husband touched her, I you know, some of you, you don't want your husband to touch you or your wife to touch you. I will try, I you know, I can see from the way you are laughing, it looks like you are fitting that description here. Yeah. And so the husband just took ill suddenly and, and, and passed. I think they were preaching somewhere. And he just took ill and, and he passed. And in her own words, this is what she said. She said, there he was lying. There he was lying, right? Dead. And I was looking at his hand, you know. This very hand that I didn't want. I don't want that hand to touch me. And she said, I wished I could take that hand and pull it. Yeah. Yeah, but... but it.'" Yeah, yeah. True story. I heard a very sad thing on one talk radio a few years ago. It really made me choke up and cry. And I I thought about my own attitude. You know, because sometimes we we get attracted to our partners and we fall in love with them because of certain traits. And after we are married, the very things that attracted us to them, I'm giving you counseling now. <laughs> and I'm not charging anything. The very thing that attracted us to them, now they are casually tra- us. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You know, he used to be an outgoing guy, so you like the way he's outgoing. So you got married. Now, now, when you are gone and you are visiting with people, he leaves you there. I guess he's outgoing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are attracted to her because she's a very organized lady and very tidy and neat. Now at home when he tells you to not leave your boxers on the floor, now you are fighting. But, But what attracted you to her is because she's an organized lady. So now when she brings the organization in the house... Anybody know? You know, we are, we, are, we are funny people. We are very funny people. So this lady says, you know, it was a talk show, and I think that they, they were just teasing and to say, what is it that your partner does, husband or wife does, your partner does that you don't like? So people were phoning in. When they do this, I don't like when they do this. So... so she phones in. So, you know, it was one of those jocular kind of, just people are teasing. So she phones in and says, the thing I don't like the most I didn't like the most about my husband is he always steals my chocolate. So I've had to hide the chocolate and he'll always find the chocolate and steal the chocolate. And he would steal it and eat the chocolate. And so I don't like, I don't like that. And then she says, I, I, I bought chocolate and, and I hid it and it's been in that same place for the last three years. Yeah. And so the, the talk show host said, oh, so you really knew how to hide it? She said, no, 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 no. Uh, he passed on three years ago. Yeah that's how I felt too. He passed on 3 years ago and, and then she broke down and cried and said how I wish he was here. Cuz I used to shout at him when he stole the chocolate. But now there's nobody to steal my chocolate. How I wish he was here to steal my chocolate. I thought about that when I after that phone call and I thought isn't it strange? Huh? Isn't it strange? As human beings, we can have such a sense of being discontented, complain. Complain about your wife, complain about your husband, complain about your pastor, complain about your country, huh? complain about your job, complain about your weight, complain about your height, hey! complain about the color of your skin. Huh? You know, complain about the food, complain, you know, we just don't know how to be content. Paul says, I have learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. Yeah. He, says, he says, whether I abound or I lack, I am content. That's why as he moves forward, as he goes on, that's why he finally said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. He didn't just say that from the blue. He's saying, Whether a motto or n combite, I am content. Yeah. Whether sawa or I am content. Whether or aja chicken I am content. Yeah. And when you have a sense of being content, every day will be a gift from God for you. Every day, I choose to live today as someone who's content. And David says, "I live each day with commitment and conquest. Let's talk about that. How do we live each day like it's your day? Let's have that verse again. This is the day. Let's have it up on the screen. Let's read it together. What I say? This is. Yeah? So here's the question as I close. How do you live each day like it's your day? Number one, today. Is a gift from God for you. We said that at the beginning. This is the day the Lord has made. In other words, today adds to you, adds to the totality of your life. David understood that in Psalms 92 when he says, Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. In the Knox translation it reads, Teach us to count every passing day till our hearts find wisdom. New English Bible reads, Teach us to order our days rightly that we may enter the gate of wisdom. So in other words, when we, when we wake up in the morning, we should know that God has given me today to add to the totality of my life. You see, verse once we pass, that's where the line is stopped concerning fulfilling destiny here on earth. Oh yeah. That God has given you one extra day. Oh, what a blessing! One extra day to go to church, one extra day to hear one more sermon, one extra day to worship Him, one extra day to receive challenges, one extra day to reconsider how you live. Some of you, I'm sure, when you go home today, when you meet your children, you're going to be content. Yeah, you're going to be content that your parents at least are trying their best for you. You're going to be content. lava do aulo jumper anymore. Can I hear an amen in the house? Yeah. So today is a gift from God. Today adds to the totality of your life. Number two, today is the day. Let's have that verse again. Read it with me. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Say it again. Now, read it this way. Read it this way. Say, this is the day. day. Read it again. Read it again. It says, this is the the day. Which means this. Don't postpone that which is in your power to do today. Whatever you can do today, do today. There are things that you can do today. Hebrews 3.15 This is what Paul says He says whilst it is said Today Somebody say today Today. Say it again Today Today, if you will do what If you will hear his voice It's up on the screen Today if you will do what Don't do what Don't harden your hearts In other words If God is speaking to you today If you are listening to God's word And you can do something about it today Do it today You know, how many times, as human beings, we allow opportunity to pass us by when we had an opportunity to do something at that time? You know, I've seen sometimes that, you know, there are times when one could have done something, a moment presented, itself, and one didn't do it. One didn't do it. So, he says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. In other words, whatever good is in your power to do today, Do it today. Why? Because you are not guaranteed about tomorrow. God doesn't guarantee. The only guarantee you have is today. In fact, let's be even more graphic. The only guarantee you have is now. Yeah. That's the only guarantee. And how many times people walk away from making major decisions for God in their lives. They are there in a church service. Hearing God speak to them. But they will not make a decision for their lives. How many times do we visit a loved one in hospital who's terminally ill and you had a a wish to pray with them, but somehow you thought, no, I'll come back tomorrow. And the the minute you got home, you received a phone call, they just passed. What's happened to me? So whatever opportunity you have today, do it today. Number three, don't allow today to pass with unresolved issues. Hey. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, learn, (laughs) this is a hard one, learn to live with resolved issues in your life. You know, sometimes as couples, we go to bed angry with each other. Or even as family members, not talking to each other. The New Century Version says, When you are angry, do not sin. Be sure to stop being angry before the end of the day. So, in other words, if you're going to have a difference, don't do it late in the afternoon. <laughs> so that at least you have the whole day to be angry, and just before the sun goes down, at least you can repent of your anger. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, we need to learn that whatever unresolved issues in our lives, we deal with them today. And by the way, the issue of unresolved issues not only applies to a day, but there are times when we move into life and carry all the unresolved issues of many years ago. See, the truth is this. There are things that we can solve, but there are things that we cannot solve. There are certain things that we just need to accept. We need to make a decision, comrades. The decision should be either we just let it rest, let it pass, or we, 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 we go and resolve it. Whichever way, at least, we have made a final decision. Don't have things that are hanging in your life. You know, You've given so many excuses now that you've even run out of excuses. Look at your neighbor and say, I see you're not saying anything, is he? <laughs> Number four. Start today with the right mindset. You know. Start today with the right mindset. You know, don't start the day already when I also... And some people when they wake up, hey. Did look and you on right right left foot more. And sometimes we wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Anybody has ever woken up like that? It's just one of those days, you know. You know, somehow you're just not a nice person to be around. Tell your neighbor he's not talking about me, he's talking about you. <laughs> not what the Bible says in Philippians 4:8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Start your day with the right mindset. Now, I'm not saying we must live in denial. I'm not in any way suggesting that we won't have things that trouble us on each day. But approach life with a mindset that God is on my side. Yeah whatever will come my way, God will help me to solve it. You know, than waking up and saying, oh, even it's cloudy today, and I even saw a dove passing, one for sorry, you know. You know, you know there's one for sorry, two for whatever, and, and eight for money thing, I don't know. I remember when I was young, that thing used to so trouble me. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's one for sorry, two for what? Two for joy, and then? Three for what? Three for coming, yeah. Yeah, four for what? Four for what? For meet? You're going to meet somebody. Uh, Four and then five for what? Five, I wish. And then six for what? Six for? Peace. 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 What? I can't hear you. Oh! Hey! (laughs) Wifey! Six for kiss, (laughs) m'khatak! Now we'll end there. (laughs) And then which one is for money? Eight for money? You know when I was young, I used to, my energy. and you ladies, my sisters taught me this, where are they? They used to teach me these things. It would be fun, I would see eight doves going and I'd be so happy. Age for money, age for money. And I'm sorry. And then one dove would go. And I said, ah. I tell you, I I would immediately move from ecstatic joy to depression. Because I saw one dove. You see a black cat crossing the road. Listen. God is in charge of your life. Whether it's one for sorrow or a black cat, God is in charge of your life. Yes. Live each day with that mindset. God is on my side. Hallelujah. And finally, be grateful for today. In other words, focus on the blessing of today. Philippians 4.11, I quoted it. Paul says, not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned. This is something you learn. It's not natural. I've learned. I've learned. In whatsoever state I am in, mean, Therein to be, therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be angry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. That's where it comes in. I can do all things. Let's have it in the NIV Bible, please. I can do all things. Andrew Crouch, great composer of music, wrote a song, through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Let's read the NIV verse 11, please. Verse 11. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Keep going, please. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned. Somebody say, I have learned. Say it again. I have learned. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, I can do all things. Can I hear an amen? amen. I can do all things through my, through Christ who gives me strength. May God give you strength, whatever you're going through in your life. I said, may God give you strength. You may be at the bottom of the bottom of everything that you're going through. May God give you strength. You may be feeling like you'll never make it another day. May God give you strength. In the name of Jesus. It says, I've learned. Something we learned. Something we learned. Raise your hands and just pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. For each day of our lives. Thank you that each day is a gift. A gift from you. Help us to live as a people who are contented. Oh, Jesus. To live as a people who are not going to allow ourselves to complain all the time. But to be grateful. To be grateful. Thank you, Jesus.